and welcome to the Whatcom Dads Podcast, the local podcast where we discuss relatable parenting topics to help all the dads and moms out there. I'm Nathan Dwyer. I'm Mark Bagley. And I'm Chris Roselli. And this week, we discuss gender stereotypes, both in children and in parents. And on Whatcom Dads Recommend, we help you with ideas for Father's Day presents. Well, Chris, when we were planning to get together this week, you told us you had a special treat in store for us, and so far we've tasted whiskeys, we've had beers. Please tell the listeners what I have in front of me. So I brought with me uh, Gerber rice cereal. So I mentioned a few podcasts ago that one of my favorite things to eat still is baby cereal. I just enjoy eating the dry rice cereal, and so I decided to throw a little bowl together for each of you. So what's in front of me, Chris, is what you snack on at home. This is what I snack on at home. This is baby food. This is baby food. So it's just rice cereal uh, with some milk in it and some sugar. Oh, man, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) This is really good. I'm very neutral on it. There's no sugar in yours. Well, you didn't put any sugar in yours because you're doing, you know, you're... You're being good. This is very malto meal-ish. <laughs> you ever have malto meal? You know, I, I had cream of wheat. That's what I grew up oh, with. We did malto meal. My mom would splurge and buy the chocolate malto meal. That was more oh. that was more, more grainy than this. Mm-hmm. This is Hey, you know, if you if you like have a dessert party at your house and serve this, I want to be there. Well, because you were talking about how you did enjoy there were certain baby foods you enjoyed mm-hmm. eating. We were talking about baby foods that we would eat. Mm-hmm. Um Mm, I'd eat this. <laughs> so if I if I poo pooed it um, earlier, I apologize because this is really good. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. You're a big cereal guy. I, I love cereal. Chris, you too, right? I love cereal. I don't. I know it's not the best for me, so I don't eat it very often. Delicious. Thank you for bringing it. <laughs> Phenomenal. Made my night. I can see how it could be interesting but there's still like a psychological barrier to get over so i don't know that i'm gonna run out and get it see and and my wife and girls think it is the most disgusting thing in the world there's nothing disgusting about it right i agree i think it is super good it's delicious <laughs> they've improved the packaging i actually walked by it a couple of times at hagen to buy it for tonight because um, they changed the packaging from like a the little cardboard box to which cream of wheat still comes in, but with the baby food now, it comes in a little package, little plastic package container that with a click top lid. So, well, safer. this segues nicely. You didn't know this, but I went grocery shopping on Mother's Day because I got in my head that we were going to make this nice dinner for my wife and the kids were going to serve it to her, sort of as wait staff. And wouldn't you know it, I go to the first grocery store and of the like 10 things I need, they only have eight of them. So I having to end up having to go to a second grocery store. But I got to sort of just looking at prices and things just to compare, which got me thinking, gosh, it seems like food is expensive these days. So I thought, wouldn't it be a fun game if we played Guess the Price of Things the Year Nathan Was Born? So, <laughs> so like 2004? Yeah, like 2004. <laughs> 1978. Back in your way back machine to however old you were then. Jimmy Carter in the White House. Jimmy Carter in the White House. We'll, we'll get into some other trivia here, but let's just go over some staples here. Mark, 1978, how much did a gallon of milk cost? In 1978, a gallon of milk cost $1.12. $1.39. 
A dollar seventy-one. Round Ooh. one goes to Chris. How about a postage stamp? Nineteen seventy-eight. Uh. 19 cents. 13 cents. 13 cents is correct. Woo! You collected stamps, didn't no, you? No, but it was 13 cents forever. Gallon of gas. Oh, boy. Boy. Neither of you were driving, it? I think. 1978. A gallon of gas probably cost 139.9. 68.99. 63 cents. Oh! There's Man. no way. It was 99 cents when I was a senior in high school. Chris is up yeah. two to one. Let's go a little bit bigger. The thing you put your gas in. What did the average new car cost in 1978? Do you want me to go first this time? Well, I went first last time. Okay. 29.95. 2,995? Mm-hmm. Just an average car? Whatever I found. I mean, my it. dad drove. Whatever I found on the internet. My Mr. dad Maggie. drove Volkswagens, which were like, you know, a buck seventy four. What would the internet say? I'm going to say $3,500. $4,600. Now we're tied up, baby. Now we're tied up. I shouldn't have gone so low. Here we go. I would have got a buck higher than you, no matter what. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Average price of a new home, 1978. Now, that's a tough question. Because geographically... You know, what are you talking about? Well, uh, average. in Pasadena. <laughs> the homes are a little more expensive where I grew up in Pasadena. <laughs> so we didn't live in McMansion. We lived more like in a filet of fish. <laughs> <laughs> Buy one, get one free. <laughs> right. <laughs> 1978, the average house in the United States of America cost $32,000. Oh, man. Gonna go higher or lower? Oh, that is right on what are you the money. Do? Higher or lower? Come on. Uh, I will say 1978. I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna say uh, forty thousand dollars. Sixty-two thousand five hundred dollars. Really? They were climbing at that point. Yeah, I, I I question your numbers, Nathan. Bonus question. Oh. Ooh. The number one movie at the box office in 1978 was A. Superman. B. Animal House. C, Greece. Oh. Oh, I'm going to C, Greece. Agree with me. <laughs> it doesn't make for great podcasting if he agrees with you. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> so it was Superman, Animal House. Animal House was the number one grossing comedy, I think, of the year it came out. I don't know if it's 78. So I'll say Animal House. It is Greece. I think Animal House was earlier. Like 76 or something? 77? I think so. Nope, all three were 78. Oh, they were? Yeah. Huh. So maybe Animal House is like number two or three. Greece was amazing on the big screen. Double bonus question. Ooh, the and- number one song on the Billboard charts, 1978. 70s music. I'm saying something disco. Maybe yeah. Bee Gees, Donna Summer. That's where I'm, I'm thinking that way. Um, yeah, something like that. Okay, here are your chances chances here are your options a shadow dancing by andy gibb one a brother of the bgs b did you not know that i did not know that yes he was the younger brother of the bgs you should bring their entire album to that deserted island Do you know what bg you. stands for bob goodwin's brothers gibb oh. and andy gibb was the younger brother 
See, the more you know, listeners, I bet your life is better now. Mine is. Continue, Nathan. <laughs> so A is shadow dancing by the younger brother of the Bee Gees, Andy Gibb. <laughs> B is Baby Come Back by Player. Not Baby Got Back. Baby <laughs> Come, Come Back. back. <laughs> and C, You Light Up My Life by oh. Debbie Boone. Boom. You light up my life. That was a good one. Only because that's the only song I know. Did the Rainbow Singer sing that one? (laughs) You make me whole. I'm going to go Andy Gibb because I was going with the whole disco theme. Mark is right again. Andy Gibb. Because I Shadow lived. Shadow dancing. I lived the same I was three. I don't remember any of that. Stuff. I was 12. I was almost a teenager. Oh, you were recording on your like eight record track. recorder. My 8-track. I was recording on my 8-track. You Have you just outed your age now? <clears throat> did I? I think you just did. I think oh, people, people just glossed over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can record on the 8-track. It was uh, tough to do, but you can do it. And I did it. Wow. Yeah. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson & Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson & Cole, when you need us, we will be here. All right, let's get centered for our parenting topic this week. We're going to talk about gender stereotypes. These are, I think, going by the wayside a bit. I think parents are making a more conscious effort to not pigeonhole their kids into some of these things. Um, But yeah, just thought it was worthwhile to talk about and share some of our experiences. So I think there's two ways to look at this. One is the gender stereotypes about boys like these things, and boys do this, and Mm -hmm. girls like these things, and girls do that, and how do you handle that? And then the other part is, what about just the parenting roles? Moms are supposed to do this, dads are supposed to do that. So let's tackle the kids one first. And I think there's sort of this, you know, boys go out and play and are rough and tumble, and they get dirty, and girls have tea parties and playhouse. For sure. I wonder if... There was sort of a shift. I have no idea if this is true. This is just me thinking because I lived in that era. I had a Cabbage Patch Kid. I badly wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid. And I wonder if Cabbage Patch sort of was the first foray into boys having dolls. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there was another. Maybe there were dolls. You had Teddy Ruxpin. I know you were talking about how you had Teddy Ruxpin. No, I had my buddy. Oh, my buddy. That's right. That's right. You had my buddy. Yeah. Well, and part of it then is like boys are supposed to be tough. Yeah, right. I think that's a little bit detrimental, and I think that's a little bit outdated now. Yeah. But on the flip side, so what were girls supposed to do? They were supposed to have pink things. They were supposed Mm -hmm. to play with dolls. Yep. Wear dresses. Wear dresses. Yep. Play house. Do crafts. Mm -hmm. Tea parties. So, Mark, you've been out of the game a little more than us. As your kids were coming up, did you and your wife try and enforce these stereotypes or sort of disturb them and sort of, you know, expose them to like what might traditionally have been for the other sex? I don't think we enforced or disturbed. I think it was more where the kids showed interest. You know, Ben was into arts and crafts. Ben liked to write. Um, But it also was, 
doing the sports and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't a big deal for us for the, with the, when the kids were growing up. I remember though when I was growing up, and you know, again, this was a long time ago. I was out doing yard work with my dad, and I was kind of complaining about mowing the lawn or whatever. And he said something like, "Why don't you go in and bake with your mom?" And I thought, "Wow, that's." No, at the time, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, uh, I got out of the yard work, right? And I look back at that and went, wow, that talk about gender stereotypes. Sure. You know, I was kind of complaining about mowing the lawn, and he immediately went to, well, go do a house chore. Go do something that the women do. Yeah. And that's kind of stuck with me I mean, forever, I guess. And but it, and so we never really tried to put our kids. But, you know, Nathan, you've said things, you know, about your son and with dolls and wearing dresses and stuff. And I don't know if how comfortable I would have been with that. So I'm pretty, you know, impressed with you that, you know, you're good with that and that's fine. And I think that just kind of shows, you know, how mature maybe you are and just the way that we kind of live today that that's good. And I applaud you and Amanda for, supporting that because that's kind of the way it should be right let the kids do what they want to do yeah Yeah, she's the driving force behind that and she's done the research and taken the classes and i think sort of the aspiration or the goal is you're wanting these kids to develop sort of a positive view of themselves and if they're doing things that other people call different and weird that's going to start to impact their positive view of themselves so maybe trying to normalize some of this early on and then that makes them better able to just react positively when somebody's doing something different down the road, whether they're right. 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Right. But different is not bad, and different doesn't make you a sissy. I mean, that was something that mm-hmm. probably was bandied around when we were kids. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so if you can sort of break down those barriers and teach your son, for instance, that it's okay to talk about your feelings and your emotions and you don't have to be tough and super masculine, I think that emotional development is going to serve him well down the road. I agree. And I think it's, being a father of daughters, I think it's easier to try to reverse that stereotype for a girl to say, hey, toughen up. I used to joke all the time with Amy, we should create a, a clothing brand called Tough Girl and all the like trucks on clothes, but have them fit girls and dinosaurs on clothes and have them fit girls. You could do that kind of stuff. But if you reverse that, it's harder, I think, for boys to for, – for parents to have their boys wear pink. Or we have a neighbor actually who's – his their son, his favorite – he's three. His favorite clothes right now, he has this tutu with silver stars and he – loves running around wearing this tutu with silver stars he tells everybody and they're totally cool with it they love it right and it's 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 something though that if a girl was saying hey i'm wearing my um my grundens or my you know my my overalls or whatever and i'm you know i'm tough it's it's it it doesn't make you think as twice think twice as easily maybe i don't know um it's a it's a weird double standard there I think. And, it, and it's so great that times have changed yeah and you know our daughter when she just bought her first car she wanted a truck i mean she wanted something that looked tough but was kind of cute <laughs> and so she bought a truck and you know yeah good for her and mm-hmm. i think that we've come so far and it's so good to see and i know we'll get into this nathan and maybe this is a, a, the, the segue 
but you know, Chris has talked about giving his daughters pedicures. I never would have given my daughter a pedicure. <laughs> but thank God that you're a dad who's like, yeah, I'm cool to give my daughters a pedicure. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about breaking down the gender stereotypes. Chris, what you're talking about is counter-stereotyping. Right. Purposefully getting your kids outside of those boxes so it doesn't feel weird. And that then allows them, if they do make these choices later, uh, to not think it's weird or not think that they're going to be judged about it. So I wrote down some of the things that we've done. Mark, you've touched on a few. So we've bought our son a baby doll. Uh, I don't know why it is that only girls can care for babies because as three dads here, don't we want to set the example that dads know how to care for babies too? Absolutely, yes. Right. Um, You know, he has worn skirts. That was a little hard for me at first. I didn't mind around the house, but then when we go out in public, I, in all honesty, was sort of pushing back against that. Totally. Not because I didn't want him to do what he wanted. I just didn't want the backlash from the people in public. And there are a few times they said like, oh, your daughter's so cute, right? <laughs> and so that that makes you sort of think twice about it. But, um, you know... We've, well, and it's hard when society it. itself isn't necessarily ready for that stuff, right? You know, so... Yeah, and I think that I needed to figure out that my insecurity about it was not as important as his freedom of expression and right. ability to just <clears throat> roll with what it is that was interesting. Yeah. Now... But- for him, he has two sisters, and so like it sort of makes sense that sometimes he wants to blend in. Um, but yeah, it has caused some comments from people, but somebody at the grocery store, I'm not ever going to see them again. Yeah, so good for you for realizing that and embracing it and allowing it. Because I think there's a lot of parents out there oh, yeah. who wouldn't allow that to happen. Yeah. So for our daughter to counter-stereotype, we have sort of forced her to get muddy and dirty and grubby and grimy and be comfortable with that Mm -hmm. Um, both of our daughters but our older one it was more of a conscious decision the youngest one just kind of follows the other two Um, we have sort of helped her get neutral colors we haven't forced pinks and things on it and then the other thing is you know we have bought my daughter clothes out of the boys section and not said anything about it especially like um, like shorts I mean, shorts for seven-year-olds that they make in the girl section are too short by my definition. Hmm. And she actually prefers the, like, basketball short-type shorts that you can get <laughs> in the boys section. Awesome. Yeah. So we've, we've tried to go that way. And the, and the thing that I'm most proud of, and I don't know how much of this is just her, but she loves science. And when we were kids, it would have been rare that a little girl would love science. Yeah. But she loves to do experiments. She loves to read about it, talk about it, listen to science podcasts. So I feel like it's all paid off and that she may be, you know, she's seven, but she may be drifting towards an occupation that for decades and decades wasn't probably usually available to females. And you got a daughter who's an accountant. She is an accountant. Yes. Something that probably wasn't uh, a male, yeah, um, definitely male-dominated profession for a long, long time. Certainly. It's right. true. Well, and I think one of the things that we've touched on in various parts of all of our podcasts is how men aren't necessarily open emotionally to one another or, you know, or to, many times to their families. I mean, I have friends whose dad, they can count lit, let on one hand. I have a buddy of mine whose dad has told him once that he loves him. 
and like this, his dad is just not an affectionate man, you know. And it's and it's one of those things where it's just there's different ways that men show affection, and I think that if we can raise a society where men can feel more comfortable being open and emotional is a good thing. Yeah, if you guys are up for it, my next book review for us might be on emotion coaching because it's probably some of the most powerful stuff that I've read and gone through and just trying to connect with your kids. And it's hard because I was not someone in touch with my emotions and it's made me, I think, be a better person but also be able to to share that with them. Yeah. All right, let's turn to parenting. So we both are lucky enough to have great wives and uh, what example are we setting as far as, you know, what's going on in the house? Are we installing in them gender norms or gender stereotypes that are outdated for just what mom does and what dad does around the house? And that's a good, I mean, I think it depends on different eras. And so I'm older than you guys. And so when I grew up, my mom did all the housework. Yeah. And my dad did all the outside work. And that was just kind of how it is. But in our house, I hope that we've kind of broken down those stereotypes because I've always done the laundry. I've always done the grocery shopping. I've always done the dishes and kind of that general cleanup stuff. And you mow. And I mow the lawn too. (laughs) But, you know... I don't know if it was I, – I don't know how best to describe it, but it just kind of fell into place that that's kind of what I enjoyed doing. Yeah, right. And Annette has done other things, and it just has kind of worked. So I don't know if we ever had really gender stereotypes in our house. We just kind of made it work. That's the same with us. We We did what we both enjoy. I do the outside – work too. I enjoy gardening. Amy hates mowing the lawn. Amy hates gardening. Um, she also hates cleaning the toilet. That's my job. You know, <laughs> um, she doesn't Me mind lo- right. doing the dishes. So that's kind of, well, now we have the kids do that stuff, but, um, but you're right. I think it's, you're not thinking about the gender stereotypes no. as much as you're thinking about what works as best to, to team up and get things done around the house. Right. Yeah. And it just kind of works Yeah. for different families and it, what irritates me the most this is a, kind of a pet peeve of mine is when people just assume that Annette the woman always does the laundry mm-hmm. I'm like uh, in our house I do the laundry or when you do the shopping how many times people go oh yeah. one of my favorite things that Amy it killed Amy was and we may have mentioned this in other podcasts is oh you're, it's your, your turn to babysit today huh yeah, like, we talked I, about that one. It's like, are, are you kidding me? Like, it's not called babysitting I'm when they're my kids. And, and as, I, as I talked about in an earlier podcast, me going out on Saturday mornings and grocery shopping and taking the kids yeah. was a way to give Annette a break. Totally. Have her take a shower, wash her hair, do whatever she wanted to do for the hour and a half where I was at the grocery store with the kids. And now it's one of the great traditions that you have. And Allie's still at 24 years old, still wants to go grocery shopping with me on a Saturday when she spends a weekend here. Super cool. It's great. And now, Nathan, you're doing it with your kids. (laughs) You kill two birds with one stone. You get the team parenting points for giving your spouse a break, and you get the quality one-on-one time. With your kids. That's why I taught Alyssa to golf. 
Excellent. Yep. yep. I'm yep. spending time with Alyssa. Oh, and I get to go golf. Right. It's a win-win. That's right. Now, do you, here's here's a we could do a quiz, right? So, who does the bills in your family? In my house, I do them. I do them because my wife despises that. Same same with Amy. But we have friends uh, who certainly the, the 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 female spouse, the wife, does the bills. Um, I mean, it would be an interesting sort of kind of survey amongst our friends to see if even though we would like to say, and I think we try to buck those gender stereotypes, whether we're actually doing that within our own households. That's what I was going to say. This one's much harder. You, it's hard. You can't counter stereotype these. And I think that the three of us just have come up with things that work. I will say, though, I'm pleasantly surprised in Whatcom County, where we live, with the number of stay-at-home dads that I end up interacting with. And uh, I think it's great. And frankly, I'd love to do it. Would you guys ever want to take that Oh, my gosh, Nathan. For years, I've said to Annette, I want to be the stay-at-home dad. You know, one gender stereotype that does not seem to go away, and I know this only because we have a great professor at Western who teaches gender in society. She's a super popular professor, and she posted on Facebook, she's, I mean, really pushing this in her own household, and uh, she posted on Facebook that her kids looked at her and said, Mom, how come Dad always drives? Oh, Guilty as charged. Totally. When we are driving as a family, yep. I I mean, we don't even think about no, it. I either. drive, right? right? You're right. And it's because Amy, you know, Amy hates driving like Seattle City freeway traffic and everything else. But and growing up, my dad always, always drive. Yeah. I, that way, you guys are you the same or? I would rather not drive. Really? We split it fifty-fifty, like to the mile. If we're driving to my parents' house, we know South Tacoma exit is halfway, and either of us are more than willing to pull over, even if we don't need to, to switch. I'll be darned. Yeah. And see, I love 50/50. driving. Oh, I'm I'm fine. I mean, once I'm and for, as we both know, yeah. When you're on the road, just get there. Yeah. Like, and especially for us, I mean, when we're doing road trips, that's different. But when I'm visiting family or going to a destination, yeah, I just want to get there. Oh, this I'll is great to hear. When I go with you guys from now on, I am throwing you the keys. Oh, I will. I will always drive. <laughs> I would much rather be a happy passenger. to do it. Happy to do it. All right, let's touch on a few other things. So maybe some ways to help people out. Um, Number one, uh, encourage intergender play with your kids. You know, by the time they get to be six, seven, they're probably starting to congregate with their own gender. So encourage them to have someone of the opposite gender over to play and play dates and things like that. And then watch and see who plays with what and kind of score it and see who's (laughs) sticking to those typical gender Mm -hmm. stereotypes. Um, You know, obviously listen and respect their likes and dislikes. Talk to them about it. I think it's important to talk to young boys about masculinity. There's certainly a toxic masculinity that can take hold, which is pretty unhealthy. And then finally, there are some books that uh, were recommended through the Bellingham Technical College class. Uh, One of them is called Paper Bag Princess by Robert Munch and another one called William's Doll by Charlotte Zalatow. We'll put those links in the show notes uh, for possible books that maybe you could read with your kids and might help sort of buck the trend of reinforcing gender stereotypes. Right on. And I got to say, it's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, as a parent, if you have a boy, you kind of got in your mind what a boy is supposed to do and be. Totally. And just the opposite for a girl. And so it's hard to do, and it takes a lot of growing and reflecting as a parent 
to accept if your kids want to do something that, quote-unquote, isn't the norm, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I think having two daughters, it's it's easier. I, I think for girls to buck the trend, it's just easier, as a parent anyway, mm-hmm. to have girls buck the trend than it is for boys. This week we're going to talk about Father's Day gifts. Now, we know that maybe there's a lot of dads listening to this, and you're probably not buying yourself a gift, but we also know there's some moms, so hopefully we can give them some ideas. And a lot of you dads out there also probably are getting a gift for your dad. Yep. So we're going to go around the horn here and each uh, recommend one or two things that either we've received in the past that really uh, we appreciated or uh, some ideas that maybe we think our listeners would take advantage of. Uh, first thing, anything from creativity with, uh, uh, young kids, you go to creativity in Fairhaven and you can paint, uh, ceramics. So coffee mugs and pencil holders and plates and dishes, whatever it is. And for me, one of my favorite coffee mugs is still something that was given to me for Father's Day by my daughters, uh, when they were three. I mean, yeah. And so just. Anything from creativity, it's a great place, it's a fun place for the kids, of course, to, uh, to, to paint and be creative, but uh, certainly a lasting memory there. Well, I'm going to take a left turn. My kids have gotten me barware. I've gotten a cocktail shaker, an ice bucket, last year it was filled with beer, so not quite as nice as the creativity set. I'm thinking I want your kids in my life. Okay, your kids need to talk to my kids. That's cool. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, so just some some stuff for the bar. I that think is a it's big a left turn. Helpful. Yeah, so I was gonna go kind of sentimental with Chris, but then after the left turn with Nathan, I think my first recommend. I think the best gift, most practical one, was a cordless drill. Nice. Just because you can, you always need something. <clears throat> totally. Classic dad. Screwing gift. something in. Yep. Just nice to have. Love yep. it. Yep. Uh, another one that we are actually doing this year is uh putting together uh love letters to our dad um my dad's 75 this year and uh so we as uh sons and then of course uh friends as well um we've just encouraged them to say how much he means to them wow and so um i think sometimes life gets really busy and so just take a brief moment and let somebody know that you care uh, it was really great. So that's uh, that's something that uh, we're doing, which is pretty cool. It's really nice. Yeah, this rice cereal made you a real softy. Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I have written down a hammock, so I'm going booze in a hammock, and you're doing lovey-dovey, awesome <laughs> well, love letters. If you're getting the booze, you need the hammock. That is absolutely. Good point. I did get yeah. the hammock a, a couple years prior, so they were setting me up for they success. Were. I'm saying my second one would be kind of along the lines of Chris's first suggestion. I think I really treasured the homemade cards. Yeah. Where the kids just take a piece of paper and fold it in half and draw a picture and write as well as they can something for Dad. I've kept all those. and But a great thing to look back on and just smile. Yeah. Yeah. Kids grow up fast. It's nice to be able to look back on those things. Yeah. There it is, folks. Some ideas for the fathers in your life. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Robinson & Cole Attorneys. There's a link to their website in our show notes. 
To reach the show, check out our Facebook page or email us at whatcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. And next week, the dads take their show on the road. That's right, a remote, on-location recording. The guys are going to a Seattle Mariners game. We hope you'll join us. Who's there? Beats. Beats who? Beats me. Knock, knock. Who's there? Wanna. Wanna who? Wanna come out and play? Knock, knock. Who's there? Rufus. Rufus who? Rufus leaking. I'm getting all wet.